Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Reliability Boombox. Proudly brought to you by Reliability Extranet Group Company, The Logic, Australia General Reliability Analytics, and so forth. Welcome back, Seven. Good to have you here again. Thank you very As much, always, sir. <laughs> joining us for a lovely evening fireside chat kind of yes. thing. Yes. I might actually have to do one of these next to a fire one day, since we always talk about the fireside chats. <laughs> but anyway, today, tonight, I thought, and I actually did give you a heads up for a change, which was nice of me. <laughs> I thought we'd talk I... a little about training. Yes. So, one of the key aspects of what we like to do, um, and, and actually it's the reason why we do this podcast, correct me if I'm wrong, is we like to educate. We like to yeah. empower people that, with the options, the tools, the knowledge to actually achieve or to thrive in their business and to expand their knowledge. So first up, I just want to touch on training. How important is it to you, especially in these two fields? I guess give me give me your, your version on the how and why it's so important. You don't know what you don't know. Okay, you don't know what you don't know. And technology is changing at a rapid pace, okay? So where I see training fitting in, a lot of ways, is giving organisations essentially a cutting edge, you know, making them aware of different ways of doing things, okay? New New technologies. And it's all about, you know, not training for the sake of training, right? I know there's like professional development programs and you've got to do a certain amount of training and stuff like that. And, and yep. it's not for the sake of training, it's for the sake of de- delivering value. Mm. So as, as Dane mentioned, we do do a lot of training. I do training uh, in, in various shapes and forms as in formal, formal classes, virtual classes, and then coaching, mentoring, as, as well in, in form and, and you know and it's as, as you said there Dane it's all about getting the the knowledge on how to use the tools and processes available to you okay to make things better and mm. you should see you know I'm going to use the corny frame return on investment <laughs> right you should see return on your investment of, in your training right mm. and you know a lot of the stuff that we do Dane like you know Problem solving is all about solving the problems so that they don't reoccur. Yeah. Right now, so t- time and money. Okay, saves you t- saves you time and money. So, but and with the with the machine learning stuff, the the solver stuff that we do. Again, it's all it's all about time. Yeah. Okay. It's all about time, potentially money there as well, because you're picking fa- failures up early. But let, let let's go for time. So what we want to do is, is you know, invest in training or education. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of going to steer away from the word training, okay, as in yeah. formal sit in front of a teacher's type training courses. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go more along the lines of education slash learning new stuff, however that is delivered, okay? Yes. Now, however, however that is delivered. And why do you do that? Why do you do that? You you want to extract some value out of that knowledge. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. Value to value to the person. 
value to the business. Yeah. Yeah. And essentially, it should manifest itself somehow into either it's either going to be dollars or time. <laughs> okay. Improvement yep. in, 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 you know, in, in obviously in the business's dollars and, and, and the people's time. Okay. You also see, I think, like, especially with the sorber stuff, and again with the Sologic stuff as well, the the level of um, activity from your people, you should see mm. a step change. Okay. Yeah. So instead of doing, like, I'm going to say, like, I'm going to use the sorber as an example, this yep. repetitive data analysis and stuff like that, instead of having to do that repetitive data analysis because it's basically done for you, okay, mm-hmm. right, the people then change their focus and I'm going to change colors here and work to more value-adding activities, okay, yeah. right, now bringing in the problem solving, instead of fixing the problems, they go to preventing them. Yeah, putting tools and processes in in place to prevent issues from happening in the business. Now, from a person's point of view, they're probably feeling like they're working just as hard up here as they were down here. The value is a different story. I think if I can just chime in on that, that they are possibly working just as hard at preventing when they move up and take that step change as they are if they were just fixing. Mm. So their level of enthusiasm is potentially going to increase because all of a sudden they're doing something new. Yes. They're doing something different. There's a different. level of excitement that, like, you and I both sat in that reliability chair and you're going through fixing the problem, fixing up bits and pieces, going through the, the maintenance plans, checking everything off, and and then a breakdown comes and you go and fix that, and you're like, oh, another breakdown, whatever else. Then if you all of a sudden shift to being able to go, hang on, all that's being sorted, I can look at this problem and I can dive into this problem. And this is what I've become an engineer for. for. Yes. Yes. Now I get to, to be excited. Yeah. Um, I think my wife's a school teacher. She talks about higher order, higher order, higher order learning. Because she's a teacher, but it's higher order activity. I think yeah. is the word I'm looking for, that we're actually working on, instead of like routine, same old day by day. Day by day, we're you're working on something that's more value. And yes. stimulating. Yeah. And stimulating, personally. Yeah. Mm. And, I, I, you know, and I had it today, actually. I had it today, late this afternoon, where we were helping some people implement um, the machine learning within Sorba. And one of the guys who comes from craftsman slash trade background yeah hadn't seen it before he hadn't mm-hmm. seen it before so we had to sit down and explain right this is a bot the bot is looking at it was about eight different data streams that he's using he's calculating mm-hmm. every second right yeah. and, he, and he's assessing those data streams on how normal they are Mm-hmm. Right, so we were able to explain that, and so we sat down and watched this guy working live because we're on a, a live piece of equipment. Yeah, and you know, it's oh, I won't, there's no secret here. It was a truck, and the truck has yeah. suspension, and it's going over roads. Okay, and the suspension's yeah. going up and down, and then what was happening was he was hitting big bumps in the road. 
what yep. looked like big bumps to us from where we sit. And next yep. thing you know, we see this sort of stuff happening instead of this. We're getting yep. these things starting to happen. And the bot was picking up on that. Yeah. Because it's unusual for a truck of that size to do these sort yep. of things. And, and and the guy goes, wow, he's, he's, he's actually figure. He's actually, there's a lot of stuff going on here. And I said, yeah, there is a, there is a fair amount of stuff going on here. Mm. And, and, you know, and he says, oh, I don't have to worry about analyzing stuff because the bot's basically doing it. I just have to worry about when the bot barks up and figure out what in the hell's going on. And um, yeah. and I said, well, how about we get on to the radio of this guy and find out what's actually just happened on the truck because it's just hit yeah. something. <laughs> it's just, it's, yeah. oh, right, okay. So next thing you know, he's actually talking to the guy. Next thing mm. you know, he's actually talking about what the guy is actually experiencing in the truck mm. and saying, and this, this guy said, oh, back there, there's a big rut when you come off the digger, there's a big rut that they haven't fixed yet. Yeah. Okay. The bot was seeing it. Mm. So you can see there, the guy has moved from having to analyze the data or not in this case, not even worrying about it as in wasn't even on his radar that, that this yeah. stuff was available. Yeah. To I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the blower. I'm on, that's an Australian term. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to my people to, to help me understand what the problem is. Yeah. If we understand what the problem is, we can do something about it. Yeah. So if you look at yeah. that diagram that you've got there, he's gone from the situation and you're talking about the strut pressure in the trucks. He's gone from potential strut failure that he's then having to fix. Yeah. He's having to go through and go, oh, I've got to fix this. I've got to get time to get it in and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. To actually going, oh, hang on, those struts are going up down. They haven't failed yet. But if we continue to drive over that particular point in the road in that fashion, it's going to fail. So now yeah. I can talk to the guy on the field, then go realize it's a rut in the road that needs to be fixed. Talk to the production manager and go, if you fix this, we will prevent a strut failure, which means that truck will stay in service longer. Yeah. And he's it's also a lot got the better conversation. Yeah, and if the production manager comes back and says, oh, you know, what are you talking what about? Yeah, what what are you talking about? I don't understand what you're going on about. He's actually yeah. got something to show him. Yeah. 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 So anyway, and that was a little bit of education. That was not education. training. Yeah, that was not a formal training mm. course. That was just me showing how to do <laughs> stuff. And and for people and, and uh, just levering off that and, you know, one of the things that, I say to my students that that you know interact with me, I said the best way to learn this stuff is to teach it. So teach once, learn twice. So when you learn a new skill, when you learn a new skill or you see something new that you've you've just found out and you see it is of value, talk about it. Yeah. Show people how it works. Teach oh. people how it works. 100%. I, I totally agree with that. And that's what I messaged you this afternoon to give you the heads up of what this, this was about. Um, tonight's podcast, I, I thought. Yeah. It was a very my, short my, message, my, by the way. <laughs> it, it was very short. Very direct. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was just that. It was realizing, like, some of you may know my other background, my other life. It, outside of reliability and maintenance is, is yoga and mm. 
you know, physical movement. And as a yoga teacher, like I remember when I started yoga, I learned so much. I learned so much about the body. Then when I started teaching it, it, it was like a whole new level. And it's the exact same thing. And I, I totally agree. And that really actually segues me into the next point I sort of want to talk about. And I want to talk about the philosophy that you and I have on this teaching. Mm -hmm. Because we've caught up with a few people about offering training. Let's call it training, education, guidance, learning, whichever mentoring, way you coach, coaching, mentoring, mentoring, coaching, coaching. Mm -hmm. Million ways, and whichever makes you feel the warmest and fuzziest, because really, a lot of them are very similar. Mm. You and I share a very similar philosophy on this, and I'd like you to elaborate on your term, and I'll just chime in as I see fit. But, but give me your sort of philosophy. You kind of hinted at it. it's like teach once, learn twice. But how, where do you see the point in this? And then how, what's your sort of philosophy on this? Guiding. The gu oh, guiding and mentoring. Right. And, and it's about, and it's about, um, there's a little, one word that comes immediately to mind is confidence. Yeah. Yep. Is having someone there that's got your back. Yeah. So yep. someone there with a little bit of, um, experience that you can call upon and say, hey, uh, this is what's going on. What do you think? Right? Yeah. And that's this is where this philosophy comes in. You know, we'll, we'll say to our students, call us anytime if you've got if you've got an issue or even just a question and you know and they do. And um, which is which is awesome. Like we, yeah. we like to be we like to be involved as well and understand people's businesses and the challenges that they're facing. And you know even if you know, we can just give them one little tidbit in, in a phone call, that makes my day. Yeah. So, you know, it's that sharing information, um, being part of a community. So we yeah. talk about in reliability extra knowledge, tools and data to the, to the global community. Yeah. And that's comes into that, into that philosophy as well. Is that, is that, you know, sharing is another mm -hmm. word that's just come to mind. It's, it's sharing, sharing what we've learned. And, you know, the book, the book that's behind me, one of the reasons why I wrote that book is I've been, there's 15 years worth of lessons in that book. And if you can take, if you take three months to read the book and you've got 15 years of experience in, in what I've written in there, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. And so you don't make the same mistakes that I've made over time. Um, yeah. did, I, did I tell you how I wrote the book? Did I tell you how, that, mm. how it came about? No. Let's do that. I sat down and thought about all of the problems that I've had in my reliability slash engineering career. And I just did a brain dump. Yeah. I, I just did a brain dump and there was over 100, 100 of them. I think it was 114 all told. <laughs> right? And I can remember this because I did it. I did it at my daughter's auditions for a, for a play. So I had to take my daughter... Yeah. Down, down to Newcastle and so it was two hours and I had two hours just to sit there and it was a beautiful spring day and I just said right so I had a book coach to help me write the book and 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 part of the process was you know the type of book that I wanted to write I had to sit down and think about all the problems so I sat down and just brainstormed all the problems and just you know yeah. it was a, I, I just wrote just wrote it on my iPad yeah. <laughs> and then 
And probably then, a notability, but anyway. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> no, no, no plugs there. Um, we're not sponsored by those guys. And basically, I sat down, did that, let it sit for a while, and then I went through the list again. And then I started noticing themes. And that's where I came up with the five habits. There's oh. five distinct five distinct themes. That's that's how the book that's how the book came about. So yeah. you know Yeah. Yeah. I think what came to my mind as you were talking, and thank you for sharing about how the book came to be. I don't actually can't remember if you have told me that one yet. <laughs> Our audience has heard it now, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but with that philosophy of sharing, what came to my mind when you were talking about that? And what I feel that we, we really portray is the win-win philosophy. Hmm. Stephen Covey was a, a very big influencer in the business world, in personal development world. And anyone that has read his book, it's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Yeah. It is a great book and it talks all about different ways and, and different philosophies and things and sort of the steps that you sort of need to go through to become a highly effective efficient person mm-hmm. and one of the things that always stuck out to me was this win-win philosophy and if we're not in a win-win situation we're losing no matter what well, someone's so- going to lose and, and it's someone's going to lose yeah it's not nice all right for us it's about creating win-win so mm-hmm. we feel and, and myself in particular, the more I can educate you, the better you understand what I'm trying to say, the more I can help you find a new way. And it could be any little thing, like you said, one little tidbit that we can answer today. There's a win for you because you've learned. There's a win for me because I've been of service. I've given a gift of, of knowledge, of, of sharing, and we get the chance to go on and support. And I feel... That carries out in our philosophy with a lot of things that we do, but especially yeah. in this learning and teaching. I yes. think it is empowering people with the skills. Like if we really wanted, you and I could just focus on teaching ourselves and any employees that we want to teach to do things that we want them to do and have a monopoly over these two spaces. And that wouldn't sit well with me. <laughs> And it wouldn't sit well with me either (laughs) because we're only two people and then we're limited. And I think the importance, and this is one of the things I've started to pick up and hence I wanted to talk about tonight, is for both Sorba and Zoologic, it is about sharing the knowledge, empowering other people to do this. We really want to, and we've said it to our clients, like we don't want to be the data analysis. We don't want to be the people creating the sawbots. The people creating the, the, the bots, the supervisors, the lackeys, the cluster algorithms, however you see them, are better off being the people on the ground that have the most knowledge and experience around that piece of equipment. Yep. The expert or the subject matter expert. The SME, subject matter, matter expert. expert. The best positioned people yes. to solve the problems in their business. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, not not Damon Seven. <laughs> no, no, no. And the same goes for RCAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and problem solving. Now, there are a bunch of different methods and there are a bunch of different ways and we'll get on to one of the key things I like about Sologic in a minute with, with that point. 
Though, one thing I do enjoy is that we empower, again, same thing, we empower people of their, the organizations that you know, choose to go the Sologic method or choose to go any path. We, we actually empower their employees and their people to do the facilitation, mm-hmm. to do the problem solving. And we give them a solid sound framework and support so that they can actually do it themselves and the confidence that's it and the confidence themselves yeah i used to say since we talked about yoga i used to say to people and this is a silly business idea when you're trying to run a yoga studio my goal was never to make people come every single day of the week Mm most that would have been great my goal is for people to do yoga every day of the week yes so i empowered them to do yoga at home yep business 101 you and i met doing our business degree that's a bit of a silly move some would say but on turn i found that by giving them enough knowledge allowing to understand where they're at in their journey and let's turn this back to us here understand where people are at in their problem solving journey and the problem solving skills and knowledge and then give them a little bit more so that they can go out and do it on their own will give them the confidence to go and start doing it. But then if you're always there for support and you show up, they're always going to come back. Yes. And they're going to ask for help and they're going to want improvement and they're going to want opportunities. And if you're always showing up and showing them support, then you're creating the win-win. Mm. Yep. Yep. I totally agree. So, so with the... Um, Problem solving, one of the other things that I, I really liked and with the training, learning, guiding, coaching, and, and I think this is one of the other philosophies that you and I sort of carry all values maybe is, is a better phrase for it. Yeah. But we value that there's not one shoe that fits all. There's That's not right. one way to do everything. You know, as we've all discovered and discussed, you're more technical, more analytical, more <laughs> note-taking. Got less hair too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I'm more feeling, emotional, personal, relatable. Yeah. Right. And he's got more hair. He's, I don't think I'm more hair. <laughs> he's got a man. Look at that. He's got a man bun. He's got a man bun. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I look 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 at me. Here I am in a, a collar and a jumper and. <laughs> And you, you have a t-shirt on. So they, they look visually you can see the difference between us two, can't you? <laughs> exactly. Um, you and I operate very differently. When you learn, like when you, you got both these tools, you dove in, someone gave you access to them, and you went crazy. You started yep. playing, started playing, breaking it. Yes, breaking it. And, <laughs> and and having a go. Yes. I started learning by watching. Yep. By learning, by participating, by yep. seeing all the little steps along the way, by doing training facilitation with yourself, and then by doing it myself. But more so than that, with Sologic, for example, there's a myriad of different elements in the Sologic process that suit what works for you. Yep. Yeah, it suits your thought pattern. Now, Sologic has certainly simplified it down to five steps and the five steps are guides, but it doesn't matter which order you, I'm sorry, 
it's best to follow the five steps one through to five. Whilst you're completing step one, you enter the detail in the order that suits you in step one. Yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna clarify there. If yep. you're at step four and have to go back to step one, yes. do that. You don't have to like you start you start with step one, then you go to two, then you go to three, then you four, then five. Yeah, is that is that is like the end when process of logic. Yes. However, especially in step three, when you're doing the analysis, the cause and cause and effect, or your fishbone, or or you know, yep. whichever way you want to go, and you realise, oh, oh, we don't know about this. We've got to go out and find some more evidence, some evidence. more information on what's actually yes. happened here. So we go back to step one. And, yes. And so, yes, it's got five steps, and you start at step one, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you will naturally you'll go from one, two, three, four, five, and you have the problem solved. Exactly. <laughs> 100%, 100%, yeah. and I'm really glad that you clarified that, and, and that spells it out a lot clearer than what I was getting to, but that that's the exact point too, though. It's like you, you, you go one, two, three, four, five, with the understanding that sometimes you get to three and then you go back to one. You missed a piece yeah. of information, or you didn't quite have all the pieces to go there. Yeah. You know, but you do the best that you can with what you've got at the time. You, got. you go back. So... Yeah. That's a great way of um, sharing that. And I think one of the other things when we're looking at the machine learning is because it is so, it's a big tool. <laughs> it's, it is a, oh, it's a, it's a, it's <laughs> it a, a box of tools. It's, it's a mechanics tool chest with a few extra mm -hmm. utes thrown in behind it. Um, <laughs> you roll in a semi-trailer. Yeah. Like? It's which, like the snap-on track. The snap-on track. Do you know the snap-on track? Yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's the snap-on track. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the snap-on so, track for analysing data. <laughs> there you go. We'll have to tell. We'll have to tell the team that one we came up with. We'll have to tell that. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But with that, you go to a mechanic, and a mechanic or, or an electrician or, or whoever, we use certain tools for certain jobs, and that's just their sort of habit. That's what they've learned to do. And that's okay. Uh, hold on. Okay, I'm going to come wind back to that. Why do they use certain tools for certain jobs? Because it saves them time. Exactly. Mm. Mm -hmm. Going yep. back to where we started. <laughs> it saves them time. So they've learned special tricks. So part of our training value is to actually help guide them and bring out the knowledge that they already have and apply it to the tool. Mm. Yeah, this this spanner will undo that bolt. Yes, uh, but the the technician might say, but I can also use that one. If I use that one, I can use it over here and do this too." It's like, excellent, good, do that, do that, do that. Yeah. I had, I was telling, well, people know that I've got a pilot's license, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, and so flying around in single engine airplanes. You want to monitor that engine and look after that engine because obviously it's the thing that's providing you the energy to stay in the air, right? And if it stops, the like reliability 101. Like, <laughs> my, I'm flying along in an aeroplane. I'm going to suffer the consequence. <laughs> it's it's yeah. not reliable, right? Yeah. Okay. 
Now, um, we might have to do a video of me flying, but anyway, that, we'll, we'll talk about that later. But we were, I was I was using that today, right? That knowledge that I had acquired talking about exhaust gas temperatures in aeroplanes, right? Because yep. we, like in the modern aeroplane, you get a lot of information coming your way, a lot of data. Yep. One of which most aeroplanes these days have exhaust gas temperatures on each individual cylinder. Mm. And so we monitor that temperature for its maximum. Okay, so mm -hmm. there's no there's no sort of secret here with a lycoming um, uh, aeroplane engine, which is a common <laughs> brand of aeroplane yep. engines. Right, you know, there's different opinions on this. However, 1400 degrees Fahrenheit is the maximum that you should run your EGTs. Okay, yep. so you control the mixture in the aeroplane, uh, depending on the altitude, to actually achieve that. If you're achieving that, you know, you, you know, you, you're saving, you, you've got your best fuel burn. I do know about lean over peak, everyone, but I'm not going to talk about that here. Uh, <laughs> but that lesson that I learned, right, because we had uh, the guy that I was talking to you about earlier was yep. talking about injector failures in large, heavy, earth-moving equipment engines. Mm. And we're talking V16 and V20s. What would you see on your EGTs if the injector was starting to fail? And his response was you'd see a higher EGT. Higher EGT relative to all of the other cylinders. So, so then... Yeah, you go, you go. Yeah, so then you're actually in the process of just having that conversation and, and discussing that and sharing your story. He's identified another story, which enables you both to learn and apply and go, well, hey, here's a potential bot that we can apply to earth-moving equipment when we get to that stage. Well, here's a learning and understanding that actually gets to be shared across the plant. Yeah, yeah. And see, like as you're flying along in your aeroplane, um, you know that there's a potential problem with a with the cylinder because what you'll see is a, a is a difference between the EGT starting to grow. Mm. You'll start to see it growing, and and it's the difference that's the problem. So it's not just it's not just it's the level. Just the it's, yep. it's the difference between the EGTs, and I'm I should be drawing on my iPad rather than using my mm. fingers. <laughs> <laughs> but if you can imagine on a four cylinder engine, yep. I'm talking about uh, 1,400 degrees Fahrenheit here. Obviously, if we exceed that, that's a problem on all of yep. them, right? Eh? And we can do something about that. We can intervene. Um, we can richen up the mixture to bring that those those EGTs down. But if you had something like I'm going to draw over the top here, but if you had something going like this, or yep. even so, we had something going on like this. Yep. Right, where there is a clear difference between the e EGTs, you've got a problem. Okay. Yeah. Right. You know you've got a problem. You might not know if it's an injector or a or a valve or you know, the inlet valve is crook or you've got a head gasket that's crook or you know, you might not know that detail, but you certainly know there is mm. a problem and it's starting to manifest itself. And the engine at this point in time is running fine. Yep. Yep. The engine at this point in time by all accounts, is producing good power. Yeah. Okay. It's still running fine. 
there's your early warning that you've got a problem. So, um, you know, you can watch it, you can measure it, you know, um, some of the modern instruments these days, when this sort of stuff occurs, it will go red and say, hey, this one's the one that's causing you the problem in your aeroplane. Yeah, um, we can we can do that. You know, if we capture the data of each of the EGTs on, on, on cylinders, which most modern based design engines will do, yeah. We can we can provide that information and, and as you say we can train a bot to recognise it because these EGTs yeah. are dependent on load it's complex or we can simply put a straight limit on it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I, I think I'm not sure if I digress there, but you, you digress a little. I, I think it, it still adds value, and what it brought to my mind was the importance of utilizing what people already know. Mm. So if we were in a training program or coaching situation with an engineer, with a technician, with someone that was trying to apply either the problem solving, even either the Sologic problem solving yep. method or the Sorbet machine learning, we work them on this case. We work yeah. them on their own example of this. Yep. And there's something that you just said that is common to both the machine learning and Sologic. Mm -hmm. And it's that visualization of the problem. It's that visualization of the data or getting the data in the form of, sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to draw this one. And mm -hmm. there's the commonality between the two. Yep. Data. And we did this one at university, though. Eh? This is really taking us back. Data. <laughs> We turn that into information. Yeah. Information gets turned into knowledge. That then gets turned into wisdom. Yeah. That tri that 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 triangle. So was it us that we were talking about all this data in, in an organization that is totally underutilized? Yeah. Like organizations collect all, all this data that's totally underutilized. Yes. Yeah. Right? That's turn that that's, into that's that's one hundred percent. And yeah, I think there's a whole new podcast on on that on just daily utilization and, and capturing and the importance of it like like we've discussed i come from the electrical side of things everything these days is hooked up to plc's you've got mm -hmm. instrumentation measuring anything and everything and all the plc currently tells you for a lot of places is if things are on off and running you know or at what volume of, of produce is moving through like a flow mm. rate or something like that or or maybe a voltage or a current or that's it mm. and it's only if they're looking at it at the time do that does anything happen whereas with both problem solving and machine learning if we can actually capture that data and review that data and understand you know what's going on at that point in time at the point in time of potential failure mm -hmm. you know we can use like so let's tie them right in together. We're talking EGTs on a plane yes. or on a truck. So we're doing a V12 truck. All of a sudden, the technician goes in and goes, and we're training someone. So we're training a new reliability engineer, fresh out of university. And we're going, okay, you've got a truck there, a V12, and you want to get you know, your exhaust pressures running. What sort of alarms? Or, oh, hang on, but yeah, say one fails. You know, you have yep. a failure, injector failure. I'm like, okay, what's causing that? They do an RCA. All of a sudden, they capture the information. They use the 
data that they've got from the machine learning algorithm to help as evidence, yep. right, to support their process, then they mm -hmm. identify that there's a cause X and then they're able to go back into machine learning. So exactly, collected the data, got the information, yep. understood and found the knowledge within and mm -hmm. then created the bot on that very example Yes. To analyze the, the data constantly and become the wisdom that is just the bot barking up yep. every now and then to tell us that this is wrong. And then the corporate reliability, wisdom. Corporate wisdom. And it's ingrained. It's not left with that new graduate engineer. Yes. It's, it's um, dare, I, dare I say it, systemized. <laughs> um, it's, what do they call it? There's a, there's a buzzword for capturing corporate, corporate knowledge and utilizing it. I've just lost it. I know a lot of these learning management people use the word or come to me mm. or, or it'll come to me. But what I was going to, I was going to sort of come in with a different angle, right? Yeah. So you're familiar with the term greybeard? Yep. Right? So greybeard, an older person, been around, knows a lot. Yeah. Okay. Some people would argue that they've got wisdom. Yes. They've been there and seen it all. Okay. So imagine if I had a grey beard, right? So I'm just going to grow, draw my little dude with a grey beard there, right? <laughs> his blue beard, but he's, it's grey, all right? Yeah. Okay. He has all this wisdom, whether, you know, on, on mining trucks. Okay. That's mm. all he, you know, his whole life he's known mining trucks. Okay. He could say, radio, this is something's just happened. This is, is what could go wrong with our mining truck. Okay. Mm. And he could impart that knowledge onto our graduate. Yeah. Right. Impart that knowledge. Right. Mm. And where our graduate can use the data yep. to turn it into information. Sorry, I'll change colors here. Turn it into information that this problem is about to occur that this greybeard has just communicated to him yeah yeah and so i'm just putting a slightly different spin on it in, in using that mm. that framework and and you know in both like problem solving and and the machine learning space they both turn it into a visual format right mm. and the other interesting thing is that both are working towards getting that wisdom permanently ingrained into the business yeah so yeah. that you know from a reliability point of view we know that this problem is occurring we don't suffer it in an unplanned sense yeah yeah and one of the beautiful things is i always like to add the human element to it is that then that graduate engineer after talking to the mm. gray beard actually feels empowered he's empowered that the greybeard that now all of a sudden the young guys are listening to the corporate business are actually listening to him and seeing something that he might have known for ages but it's actually now being acted upon so there's mm. an empowerment there's actually a buy into the company there's a buy into the organization that they're doing well and whether or not they stay or go or do whatever they do around the company they can at least i've said it before at the end of the day go home knowing you've done a good job Mm. Knowing that they've done 
something of value. They've added value to the business. Some may debate that, oh, yeah, I'm giving up my knowledge and I'm, and I'm writing myself off and I'm decreasing my value, so I'm then just becoming a number. I actually disagree. I, I feel that you're actually sharing your value and you're adding value to the business. So you're actually the willingness and the enthusiasm to actually give that on yep. actually makes you a more valuable employee. Yes. And then, you know, even if you do move on, you've then got the ability to do that somewhere else if they don't yep. have that same wisdom. Yep. And you've also passed it on to a younger guy. Like, I think, unfortunately, we live in a, in a world of a scarcity and sometimes people tend to go, I want to protect my skills and I want to be invaluable and I want to be everything to everyone. But we can't be. Mm. And when we start to share and we start to show more and we start to give that information, the gravy could learn something from the graduate. Yes. <laughs> yes, agreed. Totally agree. Uh, and, and, and we can share that information becomes a, a mutual going back and forth. And I wasn't sure where that was all going, though. I think for you and I, it's a very similar situation. We've both got an array of experience from very different angles mm. that we share openly and we're open to learning as well. Yes. We're open oh, yeah. to learning along <laughs> the way. Like we know that we don't know everything. Yes. We know that we're giving it the information that we've got. And there's been times where you and I both walked out of something good. I didn't realize that we could do that. Yes. And, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're excited. <laughs> we're excited and we're like, oh, look at that. And, and, and we've had the humility to actually even say to the, the clients, like, we didn't know that we could do that. But how yeah, exciting yeah, is that exciting. that we can? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they're like, okay. It's like, we're always still learning. We're always still yeah. growing. And by actually sharing, and, and even if you look at that, if you actually take Greybeard's information and he gets the power to instill it into the organization or into the graduate engineer, he builds that rapport with the graduate engineer. And then the Greybeard knows that it's not all reliant on him. Yep. To know that, he might learn something too. Yeah. He's got the capacity to continue and learn something else. And I think in wrapping it, wrapping up before we go on more tangents, <laughs> one thing I also like about both these these tools and, and tool chests <laughs> or trucks, um, <laughs> tool chests, yeah, is that with sharing that with empowering people to to learn new skills and opening them up to new mindsets and new opportunities it's creating a more powerful world in this space mm. we've talked about being driven by needing to do things faster run things longer and, and so forth and not getting time or space to actually think and be engineers anymore or, or to assess the real issues with production you know we haven't even yeah. talked about the production side of things like but by solving production problems instead of just putting out fires all the time we're not just training people in how to do this how to use these tools but how to think critically about other things mm, exactly and then I, I'm, I'm going to say opening up the toolbox a little bit what tool or opening the toolbox so you can look inside and see what tools are available to you yeah 
Awesome. Well, I think we've just about wrapped that up. I think um, we've covered a lot of areas of training, learning, coaching, mentoring, gone off on a few tangents like we always yeah. do. Which is nat- nat- natural <laughs> for us. Natural for, for us. us. <laughs> um, like always, like smash the like button, subscribe, give reviews, give feedback. If you've got this through anyway, it's on LinkedIn, if it's um, off our websites or whatever, write us comments, give us feedback um, and get in touch. You know, we love to hear yeah. your views. We love to hear what you've got to say. And if even, you have even, a difference of you. Yeah, even tell us some problems that you solved. Yeah, tell us some problems that you solved. Tell us some mm. some things that you've come across, or if there, if there is a problem that you were really proud of, you know, and a piece of information that's like, well, we figured out this with the EGT, you know, and that was great. It's like awesome because we yep. we love to hear those things. We love to hear yep. what what wins you've you've had along the way, and um, yeah, we hope you've got something out of it. We hope that. Our little podcast, our little moments of, of fireside chatting and helping you, um, even if it's just reminding you of other ways, of other perspectives, or of something that you might have learned many years ago. Um, yeah, we thank you all for listening. And with that, we'll say au revoir and thank you all. Thanks again, Seven, for joining me. And thank you. Always enjoy these chats and we'll talk to you again soon. No worries. See you, everyone. Bye.